I am Doug Friedman. I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. Doug, you counted in, uh, what did you count in? Japanese? Uh, Japanese was the second one. First one? The first one was Korean. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're dead. Amazing. (laughs) I told you I was going to start counting down in, in a different language every time. It's fantastic. Very impressive. I will run out next week. <laughs> Why do you? <laughs> yeah, you already used three today. I know. How about that? Impressive. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm a little bummed. I mean, uh, Hanukkah's over. Oh, you lit all the candles and that pillow behind you that says Happy Hanukkah. That's right. And well, and we have that too. Oh, and the Christmas tree. That is a beautiful right. Christmas tree. Jesus Christ. Thank you. Well, that's exactly Jesus Christ. Yes. Well, it's yes. more Santa Claus than Jesus, yes. but you know, however, yes. however you take Christmas. That's uh, true. True. Although I think what, what I used to do and what I might bring back is the Christmas meal. We've done an Indian theme to the Christmas meal and I called it Krishnamas. So we might bring back Krishnamas and have Indian food for Christmas. Wow. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you just do the regular Chinese food that Jews do? <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of that. I, I, I don't know. I'm lots of, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens okay. this year. Okay. I don't know if you time. guys, those of you who are not Jewish, I don't know if you know that, but uh, traditionally, unofficially on Christmas, Jews get Chinese food. Yeah, I think that's that's specific to some families. That's not like a Jewish thing that you Yes, get. it is. No, it it's totally, not. Yes, it is. Google it. No, it's not. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm Googling right now. Go for it. I can't believe. I guarantee believe. you with 100% certainty, it is not a traditional Jewish thing to get I know, Chinese it's food not, on Christmas. No, it, it's not like a written in the fucking Bible thing, but it's... No, I mean, in fact, Jews, generally speaking, traditionally don't celebrate Christmas. That's why I'm saying on Christmas, instead of celebrating, they have uh-huh. Chinese food. Who is they? The Jews. All of them? No. I just said it's just a commonly known thing. Here we go. The history of Jews, Chinese food, and Christmas explained. Why do Jewish people eat Chinese food on Christmas? That's on NPR. Yeah, I I would feel more comfortable if it said, why do some Jewish people eat Chinese food on Christmas? And generally speaking, it's because Chinese restaurants were the only ones that were open on Christmas. Yes. In, In every Jewish household I've ever lived in and been a part of, we cook our food. We don't depend on going out to dinner for Christmas. So a Chinese restaurant being open doesn't really matter. I can't believe you are, you are being a stickler for this. It's ridiculous. Of course, everybody knows that Jews eat Chinese food on Christmas, but we'll just agree to disagree. (laughs) Anyway, when I say everybody, I just mean a handful of people. Yeah. (laughs) Back to your tree and how pretty it is. Back to my tree. Lovely. Where's your, I still haven't seen your, your black Christmas tree. You haven't? Not trimmed. Did you trim it? Did you decorate it? Yeah, it's all decorated in black and pink ornaments. Yeah, you said, but I, I didn't see what the ornaments. You can show me later. I'll show you later. So 
<laughs> we got the holidays coming up. We got my birthday coming up. Well, obviously it's a national holiday. And then <laughs> we, it's getting cold. You must love it. I do. I do. Brr. I absolutely love it. You know, it's cold when even I put the heat on in the morning. No shit. Oh my God. Yes. And you know that my birthday is coming up when sometimes it's like going to start raining. It's a hit or miss if it rains on my birthday. Wow. Uh oh. Yep. Well, that's see, here's, here's another reason why I love LA is I woke up this morning. I think it was 48 degrees and it is currently 70 degrees. Oh my God. It's currently 57 where I am. Wow. Crazy. Oh, it's, it's absolutely beautiful and gorgeous here. And I love that we had a very cold morning and cold night. It was fantastic. Yeah. 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 No, it's yeah. nice. We get it all here. There are seasons, even if you don't think so, there are trees yeah. in my neighborhood that change colors. So suck it. Right. Oh, we totally have seasons. We have summer and late summer. <laughs> <laughs> Not right? true. No, we have warm and cold. Right. We have warm and hot. <laughs> <laughs> Although you, I think you run hot and cold. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All over the place. Yeah. We get a little punchy around the holidays and around somebody's birthday. Well, it's actually around both of our birthdays. That's right. Yours will be saying you just don't announce it on a daily basis. Countdown like I do. I don't. I, I don't announce many things, <laughs> um, but I will announce yeah. that oh, I was going to make something up. I've got nothing to announce. Damn it. <laughs> you know, I want to announce that the, uh, the merch is up and ready to go, but it's not yet. What the? It's F? close. It's very close. Okay. Well, I don't know. I get don't know. on it. We, uh, we just are on social media. We just had a few pictures of, I think us wearing the merch. So it's, we're, we're very close. I would love to have it up now so y'all can get it for Christmas, but it's, uh, it'll get there and then it won't go just anywhere. Put it, just put it up, Doug. Just put it up. What's the worst thing that happens? Oh, the worst thing that happens. I don't know. I'm not preparing for the worst. Well, <laughs> you never know. You know what you never know? You never know what's going to happen with our with clients Drew? on a week to week basis. That's right. That's right. Especially Drew Drew. Well, this is this is interesting because we've been jumping in the last couple of weeks with him where he's had a lot going on. And I think he even says that like coming out of the gate of this session, like, yeah, there's a lot going on. And it's it's something where I think you guys have been listening to Drew for a while, because if you're here on the Patreon, you've been hearing most of his sessions. And now you're seeing like, wow, he's approaching having all of these things happening to him with a more of a sense of calm about right. him than he's ever really had. Right. It's so cool to hear, like being able to not get completely overwhelmed, total panic attacks, night terrors. I mean, he hasn't talked about night terrors in a long time. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Really long time. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, let's hit it and then we'll break it on down. Hit it and quit it. <laughs> Y'all hit it. We'll quit it. And we'll be right back. feeling overwhelmed mm -hmm. with everything and all these things coming at you and then learning to kind of like pick them off one at a time and realize it's not being overwhelmed. It's just being whelmed. Like right. in the moment it feels overwhelming. And that's, you know, when you called me last weekend mm -hmm. 
that was a lot. And it was an overwhelming. So let me check in and see how you're doing with that now. And in my own, I guess, way of thinking, I was like, damn, I just kind of feel like I'm floating right now and just kind of like, mm. like one day at a time, kind of getting through it, but not in a bad way. I am taking it one thing at a time and kind of taking it as it comes versus yeah. piling it all together and feeling like I'm doing a lot all at once. From the get-go, what I've said is wanting to slow down. And I think that's like what it means to slow down is just kind of take it one thing at a time. Yeah. And I think I think that's exactly kind of where I'm at. Nice. I like that. I mean, that's using our old analogy of washing the dishes. If you've got mm-hmm. a sink full of dishes, you can't wash all of them at the same time. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't work. You start with a dish, a spoon. Yeah. What I hear you saying is kind of being the living embodiment of that. Like, you know, you have a lot of dishes, so to speak, being thrust upon you, but you're just kind of like, all right, one day at a time. What's what's the first dish? What's the first spoon? I gotta wash these yeah. one at a time, right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's look at the dish and the spoon here. I think throughout this kind of overwhelming situation, me and my mom. I think that's kind of where I want to start because I think that's kind of the root of a lot of this stuff. I don't know. I'm in a weird kind of like middle ground of where I, I used to be. I'm on both sides of the spectrum. You know, I'm still checking in with her, telling her I love her, but I don't feel the need to do it every day. It's not a constant. It's just kind of here and there. But I don't feel guilty for that. You know, I feel like that's doing my part and in, in showing up where I want to show up and uh, hmm. and letting her know I love her without kind of overdoing my own step. Uh, I had a crazy week last week and it's all been really like amazing. Um, but I haven't even been able to really take the time to fully explain everything going on to my mom. So it was nice yesterday. I had I had like 30 minutes in the morning just to kind of like text and, and kind of go back and forth. And like, I didn't call her, you know, I, I didn't feel the need to like get on the phone, check in and hear her voice or anything like that. But I was like, Hey mom, I had a few minutes and, and I just kind of wanted to in a gist tell you what's going on without having to explain every detail or how I was feeling or this and that. It was just kind of like sharing what I wanted to share in the moment. And it was really nice. Wanting to share it with her. Mm -hmm. Why? What was that for you? I think a lot of my issues with being able to share with what I'm doing is not knowing how to go about it. I think for me right now, being able to share that with my mom was a lot more of being proud of myself, you know, and being able Mm -hmm. to kind of share that with her without looking for a, am I doing okay? Are you proud of me? That kind of thing. Genuinely like experiencing it and sharing it with my mom. When we've talked about looking to your parents for financial support, then looking to them for emotional support, you're not looking for her support. You're almost just looking to share and say, here, here's, here's me. Here's how it is. I just want to show this to you. It's still there. But it's not as strong as it was a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I think that's also kind of helping me see our relationship a little bit different and and be more genuine in that relationship. Coming back from Arizona, I think that really helped me see and be aware of the conversations I want to be able to have. Yeah. Because even in Arizona, I felt like I was almost wanting to have the conversation that I thought they wanted to have not the conversation mm-hmm. I wanted to have. And I think that's why it was so hard for me because I didn't know where to show up. Yeah. Whereas now I'm kind of more understanding the conversations and where I want to be. We talked about uh, asking for forgiveness, not asking for permission. And just almost like not even asking for anything, just saying, hey, here, I wanted to be here. 
I think, yeah, yeah, I think the more experience I have, the better I, I can be. And I'm not with shaking. And then, you know, two, three hours after that, kind of dove back into the vulnerable, like genuine where I wanted to be. I knew what was going on and knew how right. I kind of felt. And I could feel my body kind of reacting to that. Last week, the breathing thing, like being able to hear myself breathe really helped. And, and I kind of put that into action a couple of times this last week. Yeah. was shocking to me because like it's hard when your body is actually like physically reacting to your emotions and i've never really oh, yeah. been able to kind of like not stop it but but control it i guess is what i'm trying to say and, and, and be okay in that moment i usually try and get through yeah. it and then band-aid it not right tend to it right there and that's that's we've talked about this the athlete mentality you get hit by the pitch <laughs> you don't even touch yeah. it you just <laughs> trot over to first right but it's, yeah, exactly. it's sort of like a baseball player would never do this, but the healthy version of it, metaphorically speaking, is right. if you get hit by a baseball and you go, ow, oh, this really hurts. And you drop to your <laughs> knees and, you know, have the, the manager come over and, and check you yep. out, the trainer come over and then you're like, okay, yeah, I think I'm okay. Okay. I can go to first now, you know, but <laughs> that doesn't happen. Right. We don't do that. We just trot. And I think you're learning. I don't just have to trot to first. I can kind of like, recognize that, oh, this was a hit. Yeah, I was green bereting it. Yeah. You go up to bat as you. You don't go up to bat with a giant, huge freaking elbow guard and full pads that a lot of players wear once they've gotten hit. Right. I think you got to experience over a year ago when you went to the wedding and you were talking mm -hmm. about, I don't fit in with these people. I don't know any of these people. That was you just kind of really learning and experiencing, oh, right. Being myself, I didn't need to do all that preparation because when I'm just here, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And as we're talking about going into Arizona with your parents, right? It was, yeah, I got a little nervous and maybe I needed to regulate. Maybe I needed to breathe a little bit or, you know, maybe I didn't. Maybe I was still doing my version of trotting to first, but you didn't do too much Boy Scout prepping of gear before you went out there. Right. That was you feeling your green beretness and feeling you authentically so you could just be there. Mm -hmm. I see that more and more in you. I'm allowing myself to have these little milestones periodically. And I think right now my question for myself, you know, kind of where I'm at, uh, sure. something I've been thinking about too is like, I can handle these kind of situations, you know, when it's a day or two, I knew that nothing really could happen. And so I guess it was almost like an out, kind of like my escape to Canada right way of thinking right. and so that's the other thing i'm kind of like aware of of like i'm good in like these couple hour situations i want to be good for like a long time this weekend i think i think i mentioned it but like i definitely broke down when i left it was weird like my mind when i hugged my mom was just like all right give her a quick hug let's go like gotta go to the airport but like emotionally i just couldn't let go and i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that i feel guilty for not spending enough time with them but understanding that I can't spend like a lot of time with them right now and kind of playing that back and forth has been another difficult thing with me, not only with them, but I, I see that in my other relationships too, to where I'm just spread really thin and I'm trying to um, be very mindful of where mm. I put my energy, not, not only for myself, but for my community and the people in my life that have really showed up over the last couple of years. Right. Because I think that's something super important for me of being the friend I want to be. And so I think the last two weeks of really kind of slowing down and staying humble and kind of taking it as it comes has been really nice. And, uh, and this is kind of where I want to throw in my, my Sunday. Just thinking about that. I love that. 
Yep. I'm not going to lie. I didn't draw anything, but I've been thinking about it periodically here and there over the last week. You know, when you go to like a Froyo spot like Yogurt Land, you can kind of pick out your flavors, but then they get back and they kind of put the toppings on and kind of like they do it for you. <laughs> kind of telling them, but you don't know how much and like you always right. want to ask for more, but you can't, you know. So like my, right. my first initial reaction was my mom kind of going into Yogurt Land and she's holding my cup and like, do you want this one? Do you want this one? And then she goes and kind of right. puts the toppings on. And it's still what I wanted, but it's not necessarily how I wanted it or or to the degree of the level that I wanted it at. And then I think for for where I'm at now, my Sunday is not even a Sunday. You know, it's a cold stone milkshake because that's what I want. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and so it's like I didn't want right the scoops and the bananas and the chocolate and like all that. It's like I'm a simple man. I like a chocolate milkshake and, and that's what makes me happy. Mm, nice. And, and like I want to like even take that metaphor even a step further in saying that it's a homemade chocolate milkshake because I think that I make the best chocolate milkshakes mm. in the world. And I think that was super important as far as like the mentality of where I was thinking from like across the board of my life. I think that yeah. really allowed myself to see that I can rely on myself. Like even growing up, me and my dad, we'd make chocolate milkshakes together. So it has like the memories and like the, that significance and then the kind of like making my own concoction. Um, I mean, right. you can look at recipes all day long on, on the internet of how to make the next kind of milkshake, but I got mine yeah. and I know what I like and sticking to that, whether people want to hey, try this or try that, you know, it's like, no, nah, I know what I like. This is mine. Wow. That's, I mean, <laughs> I know we're talking metaphors and analogies. You've never heard a chocolate like... milkshake be so deep. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, I think what it's saying is you're deep. I mean, what, what you're talking about is, and what you're showing me is I'm really experiencing this is me this is what i want this is how i am there's a lot of empowerment and strength in that and the confidence is there too you know that that'll come even if you don't feel it that'll come because you're at the core you're strengthening it's a beautiful thing to to hear and see in you especially knowing where you've come from and how far you've come with it yeah and it's interesting because i was thinking about the sundays when you were talking about hugging my mom if you know being with your mom and being home was like the sprinkles on top like, cool. Those are sprinkles. Almost hugging her that I didn't want to let go. That's saying, I don't want to be without a Sunday anymore. I, I don't want to be without it. Okay. That's one frame on it. Another frame is, wow, I really like these sprinkles. They make it taste so much better. I'm so grateful I get them. So I'm holding on to her to appreciate her sprinkles. Not the, oh man, when I go home, I'm not going to have sprinkles anymore. And so we're focused on the presence of the thing yeah. and how we want, okay, you're smiling. Take over for me here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and and I think, I think you can transcend that kind of into what I'm doing with my grandma too. I think the other thing I'm kind of realizing too, and something I went, I think very far on both sides of the pendulum, as far as like what death is and what it looks like. And I think I'm becoming a lot more familiar in the sense of like my grandma, she's getting older, right? And as far as death in my life, it's been very apparent and very around me, most of it, you know, just most of my life. And so like her surviving stage four cancer and kind of going through that when I was seven, eight years old and not understanding what it is, but kind of still watching it and remembering her putting on her wig and and being sick and, you know, just not quite understanding what that is. But I, I think what I'm trying to say with that is, is she's getting older, my grandpa's getting older, and it kind of just kind of, it hit me that I'm trying to enjoy the sprinkles while I have them, not trying to hold on to her yeah, and not have sprinkles again after that. 
that's honoring what it really is in your life. And that's honoring your life. Yeah. Yes, it will trigger and make you feel loss. And mm-hmm. maybe the tone I'm getting is that maybe it is the loss, not the abandonment right. that comes up in that. Yeah. And that's that's slightly different. I think you're at a place where you you really can literally and figuratively embrace that in the people around you. As somebody who has experienced as much death as you had around you, being to appreciate being able to appreciate the life around you too. Yeah, and I think that's exactly where I'm at. You know, it's that, and it's definitely something I'm still working on day to day. And I think it's uh, my Vader Yoda thing, where I'm hearing Yoda a lot more in the sense of appreciating, and saying thank you, not sorry, appreciating it, not not apologizing for something else. That's the hug. Right. Is saying sorry is I'm sorry I have to leave. I'm sorry I can't stay longer. I feel guilty that I can't be here. Mm-hmm. What is thank you saying? I think for me, it's just saying that I really enjoy the time we did get to spend together. And I'm really looking forward to the next time. Yeah. That's really about it. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. Sometimes so hard. I mean, sometimes, especially parents, when we visit them, they'll say something like, oh, I wish we could do more of this. I wish you could come up, you know, and visit more often. I wish we could do, right? And you're nodding, right? Because we hear oh, that yeah. and it's okay. What, what's the feeling when we hear that from them? Pressure obligation it's saying you know i love you but you know it invalidates it almost invalidates you being there right absolutely oh i wish you could be here more i wish you could come back up i wait right well wait i'm here now mm-hmm. like can we appreciate this right now because i love being here and the sentiment expressed is probably the same like wow i really love you being here i really love spending time with you and that I wish we could have more of this. Yeah, me too, because it really does feel nice. I wish we could just appreciate this, and that's why I'm going to hold the hug a little longer. Yeah. I came home and I got homesick. And I think for me, like right now, it, was, it wasn't it was a this or that kind of homesick. Mm-hmm. I think it was just appreciating that I love my mom and dad and I enjoy spending time with them. And I think I'm I'm getting more in tune with the emotion of, of appreciation, not, not guilt. I mean, as a grown up now, you know, kind of maturing into what it means to be a grown man mm-hmm. and watching how my dad kind of navigated that growing up and, and what it was to him. And again, almost the exact opposite for my mom. And so again, I'm kind of sitting back and, and understanding more of what an adult emotion looks like in these situations. And I think I'm finding a balance, honestly, between my mom and dad. I think they both kind of have right and wrong in both of them. And I, and I think I'm figuring out what it means to me to have a, a good relationship in, in what I want it to be. Yeah, man, I really, I really love this for you. What you're describing is it's individuation where you're becoming your own individual, right? Yeah, yeah. This is what that is. Right. Our parents usually are the first people that help teach us and show us values or morals or, or help us build character. Right. Mm -hmm. So we get it from Mm -hmm. parents, peers, teachers, church, community, whatever it might be. What needs to happen then is we need to take that and take it out for a spin and kind of apply it to the world at large and then figure out what works for us, what doesn't, formulate ourselves and then go, ah, okay. So now this is me. 
okay, now I can bring this anywhere. And I can actually, from that place, honor now the pieces I got from church, teachers, parents, peers. I can honor it by saying, thank you for this piece. I've used it in this way, and this is how I am now. Check out my snapshot. This is me. Yeah, and and I think also, too, the new mindset that I'm getting into is very similar to that of where I'm kind of picking and choosing and figuring out my own equation, as it were. I think a lot of the times, too, I look for people to tell me the answer of what's right and what's wrong because uh-huh. I'm not confident in myself. I think I, I can now take all the experiences that I thought were devastating or life-altering or whatever that is and be able to kind of take my piece out of it and not mm. put other people's injections into it. And I think that's a perfect example for my brother. So I have no idea what he was doing growing up and he was navigating a whole fucking mess of shit I have no idea about. Right. And so it's like my experience of it was one thing. His experience of it was another. I think we can both take something out of it and move on. In moments where I'm okay with shit, devastating or not, my frustration is, is when I want to put the work in, but when I want to show up and the other person doesn't show up, that still hurts. Yeah. And I, and I think my wounds cut a little deeper in that sense, even though I'm aware of everything going on in, in my progression and in, in how I feel and how I'm, I'm good, but mm-hmm. sorry, not, but, and, and mm-hmm. I still feel this way and I still feel a, a pit in my stomach and, and it's not to the point where it's devastating anymore. And, and I think I'm experiencing more and more day to day of when I show up as a kind hearted, vulnerable individual. Yeah. I usually get yeah. that back. And so I'm I'm working on that for sure, like for sure. But I think in the moments where I lose myself and my mind in that and, and take it as offense, I'm trying to figure out a way to slow myself down now in those moments, you know, because the anxiety, the physical breathing, I'm, that's helping me so much in those kind of moments. I want to be able mm. to show up in these conversations, in these moments and be myself and be okay with not getting anything back. I know me going to Arizona, for example, was to a certain degree, my parents, like wanting to see my parents miss me. Like I, I needed to feed off that still sure. to know that I was okay and that me missing them the way I do was okay. And so I, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm rambling on my gist of what I'm trying to say, but does that make sense? It all makes sense, you know, and it's, it's, the rambling is you're figuring this out. Remember, here we are in therapy. We're inside your yeah. head. Yeah. We're making sense of, <laughs> of all this stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So to me, it's never rambling. Right. That's not true. If it's rambling, I will stop you and go, oh, okay, hang on. We're going, we're, we're going down a spiral. Okay, right? Yeah. So we can, but we're in your head making sense of it. And what I hear you saying more than anything, two things very loudly to me. One is that there's still something at the core of this, something unresolved or that doesn't feel good, something that that somehow needs to be addressed, needs to be healed. And I'll come back to that for sure. Then what I hear you saying is, I need a little help. How do I not be so affected when somebody just isn't in the same place that I'm in when I'm ready to talk about this or look at this? It's like, let's go. Dinner starts in half an hour. I'm dressed. I look good. My hair is nice. Like I'm on, let's go. Like, uh, I just got out of bed. I need to take a shower. I need to do my hair. I need to get dressed. I'm like, oh man, you know, and in that moment, we will take it personally. Like we're supposed to be at dinner in a half an hour. I'm dressed. I'm good to go. Why are they doing this to me? 
And that's taking it personally. And I use that example because you might be able to go, they're not doing it to me. I mean, it's, yeah, that's a bummer. And if they're not ready in, in 25 minutes, we have five minutes to go. I'm gonna go without them. That's a boundary. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can also go, right. They just rolled out of bed. They're not ready to go to dinner yet. <sighs> now we take a breath. Now we pause. Now we let them catch up. I think my conundrum within myself is, do I wait for you to get ready? Do I say I'm leaving and I'll meet you there? Is one right, is one wrong? Am I doing the right thing for you? Am I doing the right thing for me? Are we both happy? Are you happy and I'm not? Am I happy and you're not? You know, so I, I, I go right there. <laughs> it's a lot of work. You know, and so, yeah. and, and it's all, and I think like five steps down the road, right? And I think that's my frustration with certain relationships in my life right now. I need to be on the same page as far as three, four, five, six steps on the road so that we can plan two steps behind. Absolutely. And and so I think the frustration there is my gears. You know, I'm in all these different <laughs> gears and right. I might be a semi-truck where I have a whole nother gear lever thing shit going on <laughs> totally. to where I'm I'm like 10 gears, right? Right. And I think the frustration behind that is is motivation. And where mine is and where other people's are. Go deeper. I think what I'm trying to say too is my core of core, I want to help so many people and I want to do right. so much. And, and going back to grandma and my mom and, and time and relevancy, time is relevant now. And I think I have a, a deeper understanding and appreciation for that hmm. than what I've been able to reciprocate in, in friendships, relationships, kind of a lot of different places in my life. I'm trying to put so much in such a small time frame that I can allow myself to leave a legacy when I'm gone. I want to give back to my parents. I want to give back to my friends. I want to give back to people. And I just don't, I haven't been able to find it yet. And I know I will eventually when I'm not looking and I get that. Sure. But that doesn't take away the fact of how frustrating it is. How frustrating what is? And I think like right now, we go back and forth on the alone, lonely thing. And I think today kind of hit me and I had a little revelation of like, I'm neither, I'm just solo. I'm not alone and I'm not lonely, I'm just solo. You know, I always felt like I needed somebody there to kind of be my counterpiece. It's friends, it's parents, it's a lot of relationships in general right now. But I'm understanding more so what it means to be solo and be confident and, and thrive in that space. But I think at my core... I want relation and I want people to do it with me. And I want, I want to be able to see people want to do it on their own time. And I just haven't yet. I'm just frustrated that it's not more apparent. For you, what I hear, going back to when I jumped on you for the word, using the word motivation, I think it's about motivation. I hear it as importance and value and prioritizing. Yeah. If yeah. they're late, it's disrespecting the importance there's some disappointment that they're not in the same place for sure. They might also be in the same place. It's just coming out differently, mm -hmm. different people. It doesn't mean that person doesn't want to get dressed and look good and have a nice dinner with you. It just means they're not ready yet. I'm like, well, if you really cared, you'd be ready. They're geared differently than you are. I feel like I am putting the extra work in, you know, I'm showing up early and I'm, I'm getting out late. And, right. Uh, right. and while I can right. show people that I can't force other people to, 
be in the gym with me. Again, I think I think being able to talk about it in this light helps me understand it better and what drives me. Yeah. And and this is I love this because again, talking about you becoming your own individual and you finding good people in LA, right? Is about people that will respect this and share this to whatever degree is comfortable for you. You get to pick and choose who you take to dinner and who's coming, who's coming out to dinner with you. The people that are ready when I'm ready to pick them up might be the people that I take. The people that aren't ready yet, they might still really want to be there. And for you, it, it's, yeah, who I am and, and how I am is I want the people that value the importance that I put on our time while we're here. And maybe that's something that, that you're walking through and calibrating and you'll start to see in the people around you, somebody actually showing up. And I, I mean, overall, what I really hear is you being okay, not necessarily being solo, but I hear you okay as you. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's most important. It's kind of where I'm at, but this whole girlfriend thing, every mark of my being tells me, like my, mentally tells me, believe her, we're good. You know, like wash your hands, it's done. Right. But that's what everybody else is telling me. And so like morally, it's like, nah, that's not how I want to walk through it. It's not like, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, this is the worst thing probably somebody could do to me. Right. And I want to navigate it for myself. Like I'm going through it for myself this time, not, oh, make sure it's okay or, or tell me it's going to be okay. Right. That's more the strength that you're, that you're starting to feel and, and starting to heal. That's what it's about. And we'll, yeah, we'll walk through where you were a week ago and where you are now. It sounds vastly different. And that's, I mean, this is, this is part of processing. You, a year or two ago, would have been devastated still. Being solo, being like an individual, being my own person, you have strength in that. Yeah, I can feel it. And we are back. We are back. We're back with Drew, little Drew Drew. Yeah, what do you, what do you think of little Drew Drew? Well, following up with the last session and you guys sort of jumped right into that and how in the last session he was really emotional and seeing mm. his mom and then the girlfriend breakup thing and just he said he, he felt like he he was floating. I remember him saying he felt like he was floating and just trying to take it one thing at a time and the analogies kick in right from, from the jump off, which I love. And you brought up, you know, the dishes, mm -hmm. the doing one dish at a time. And I like that and think it's good for him. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's using some of the analogies that we've used that he throws back at me all the time, which is great. And he's, he's used the dishes a lot and I'm just sort of validating and, and appreciating how he's going through this, which is, yeah, you're feeling overwhelmed. You've been feeling overwhelmed, but you're taking it one thing at a time. Can't wash a sink full of dishes all at the same time, which is what I said to him, like start right. with a dish, start with a spoon. Right. And it's, he's like, yeah. And it's just kind of reiterating what he's doing and how he's doing it. So he can step out of himself and just see like, yeah, that's right. I am doing it one at a time. Cool. Right. Okay. That's all. Yeah. And, and I don't even think you guys really no, I don't think you talked about his ex-girlfriend at all, but you started with talking about his mom. And he said that, um, he doesn't, he connects with her, but he doesn't feel the need to constantly check in with her. He does it when he wants to, and like share what he wants to share with her in the moment and how right. he's not looking for her validation or, you know, slash support as much just sharing with her, which I thought was 
Yeah. And a huge shift from he used to not that long ago. Yeah. Contact her and text her every day because he wanted to hear from her to make sure she was okay. Right. Right. So he's releasing himself from kind of policing her in that way. Right. And just letting go of that and really being his own individual, which will hit a little later when I bring in another one of the analogies, the homework I gave him for the week. Yeah. But I'll, I'll let you do your yeah. chronological break and we'll, we'll hit it. Of course. I loved how he brought up the breathing thing from last week. He said being, hearing mm. himself breathe and then put it into actual, he put it into actual practice a couple of times during the week. And so he's sort of starting to notice his physiological responses to emotions. And right. that right. is amazing. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. A lot of times when clients have anxiety or panic, it is like overwhelming physiological sensations. And if he's able to, to take note of that and regulate that now, just as it's building, just as it's accumulating, if he gets to a point of having a panic attack and anxiety attack, right. he can actually see and know, oh, wait, my body's shaking. I'm doing this thing. Right. Okay. I have been able to breathe. Okay. I can hear myself breathe. Cool. So he's, he's learning how to regulate his emotions by virtue of regulating his physical body, which is really cool. Totally. And then the baseball player analogy, right. Of not, <laughs> not being able to prepare. Right. Well, and, and it's, it's funny. Cause there's also, I don't know if you know this, but he got it right away. Baseball players, if they're standing at the plate and they get hit by a pitch, it's like, you never show that it hurts you. You just trot over to first base. Yeah. If the trainer comes out to inspect you, you brush him off. Even if you're hurting, you just keep going, right? And he he gets it. He knows that because that's what a lot of us learn. And a lot of us learn that outside of baseball. We just learn right. like, just keep going. Just suck oh, it up. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. Suck it up. And yep. it's, it's being able to go, ow, that hurt. Hang on a second. Time out. That hurt. Right. And there are baseball players that come up to the plate wearing giant elbow pads and huge like extensions on their helmets and, and things because they've gotten hit before. They don't want to get hit again yeah. or they're protecting an injury. We're not going to do that in real life. Right. Although metaphorically speaking, we will go into things with our armor up, with our guard up, with these full pads on. Yeah. And it, it just keeps us from being truly vulnerable and acknowledging what we're actually feeling about the thing. So him being able to regulate with breathing is a way of like going, oh, wait, yeah, let me actually feel this and not just keep going, keep going. <sighs> okay, keep yeah. going, keep going, you know? Yeah. And he said he's allowing himself to have these like little milestones periodically. And he was then questioning, right. okay, well, I can do this for a couple hours or a day. How am I going to be able to get to a point where I can do this long term? Right. My question is, Doug? That's what I wrote. <laughs> Doug? <laughs> question mark? Thoughts on yeah. him already? Well, I don't know that there is a, a long term, you know, I don't know. And it depends on, on how he's applying it. Because trying to do something short term that you can do to get through something, applying that to the long term takes a toll on us. That's what long time ago when you and I were talking about the pandemic when it first started, and I was saying the difference between stamina and endurance. Yeah. Right. We can endure anything pretty much. We can suck it up or get through it for a short period of time as painful and as difficult as it might be. Stamina is our ability to do that over time. 
and we might not have the stamina to endure something that long. Right. Because it, it will, it will take a toll on us. So for him learning how to do it, I, I don't want him to learn how to do it. If that's the way that he's going through that. Right. Right. If it means I'm starting to learn how to regulate and do these things now, and I can do it in the short term, but how do I do it long term? Well, you do it by virtue of what you're actually doing. You keep exactly. doing these small ones, these baby Over, steps. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like I said to you, take baby steps. You know, eventually the baby is going to get to the other side of the living room. Yep. And then he mentioned, and I noted, he said something about being spread too thin. And I'm like, you know what, dude, you say that has been a pattern for the last two years. I don't know how long. Right. And it's interesting because when he brings it up, sometimes he's, it sounds like he's surprised that he's spread too thin or that it's, I'm not surprised, but that's a big pattern for him. Yeah. And I, I, I love how he's recognizing this. Because it used to be, I'm spread too thin, and that's what I have to do. I put right. on the cape, I rescue everybody, I am Superman. That's what I do. I'm a superhero. Now he was saying like, yeah, I'm spread really thin. I'm trying to be mindful exactly. of where I put my energy yep. for my community and for myself. You know, I, I love that. And yeah. learning something for him, like over the last couple of years that he's really doing now and, and really kind of figuring it out. And that's where I love that he brought the homework back in. The you know, Sunday. Like talking about the, the Sunday. Yeah. 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 Oh, so good. All right. Mom's putting on the toppings. They're at yogurt land. He's not, <laughs> you know, she doesn't, it's not exactly how he wants it. Now he's a freaking not, he started with the cold stone chocolate milkshake. Then he got it to the homemade chocolate milkshake. Right. Right. right? I mean, man, and, and what a great metaphor for, independence and individuation. Yeah, It goes from the assignment I gave him was think about your Sunday. He was like, yeah, I thought about it. And thinking of my mom putting the toppings on for me, like, no, I want to put them on. No, wait, I right. want a milkshake. No, wait, I'm going right. to make my own milkshake. I mean, he really just walked through individuation right there. Right. I mean, that was it. And to put it in the context of that was like, that's, that's huge. It's so deep. And I love that he then said, I never heard a chocolate milkshake be so deep. I know right? you're like, you're deep. Right. Well, and he is, and he was, he was doing it in the context of, of metaphor and analogy, but it really is about him and about how he sees things and how he sees his relationship with mom and himself as an individual. And it was, oh man, just so cool. To, to really hear him own this after being so emotional last week and like that hug with mom. And we even referenced it this yep. week too. Like that hug with mom being so emotional for him last week. It was, you know, I didn't say this in the session, but it's, it's sort of like saying goodbye to the codependence and the dependence on mom. Right. In the context of the, the chocolate milkshake Sunday story, it really is that like, yeah, I'm saying goodbye of that and saying hello to this empowerment and strength that I feel in me as an individual. It was cool. Very cool. Well, and love loving how then the, the sprinkles analogy just kept going and holding on to her like that, just to appreciate her sprinkles. And then talking about his grandma, right. Took it even further saying he's just trying to enjoy the sprinkles while he has them while they're there. Right. So Amazing. Some of our listeners were talking about how emotional Drew was and how deep this was. I mean, he was dealing with a funeral and a loss of a good friend. 
and he's been talking about his grandma getting older and his mom, you know, relapsing and, and individuating and girlfriend cheating on him, like yeah. all of this stuff. And it's really like looking at life and abandonment and loss. And he's really building up his own strength, which is huge because for so long, he's been getting that from other people, from what he does for other people, feeling right. indispensable, feeling like he's needed. But now like putting that back on himself and being the core of his, I mean, his Sunday isn't even in a Sunday. It's a homemade chocolate milkshake. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And I like, I really like the distinction you made between loss, loss, not abandonment. Right. For him to look at that and the Vader Yoda, the sorry, the not saying sorry, saying thank you. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that for him because that's for him. I think the sorry brings with it that guilt. He knows it. That that's what we were saying and saying like, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't be here longer. I feel guilty that I can't be here longer. I'm a bad son. Something bad might happen. I don't know. But spinning it as thank you, like this time that we had. It is is really great and really enjoying those sprinkles. I think he's really coming around to that nicely right now. Yeah. And I think it's hard. You guys were talking about that and I was having thoughts going back and forth about, cause I do that, you know, if I see my dad, somebody that I wish I could see more, I will say, Oh, I wish I could see you more or wish you live closer or whatever. And right. I don't think that it's necessarily invalidating the present moment. I, I think it could be, I definitely have that future trip where I'm like, Oh God, this, this time is going to be over soon. And I want more of it. So I could right. see how it could right. go both ways. Like, can I just appreciate the now? Sure. And I know that the, I want more of it. So I think it can work against me as you guys were talking about that. I was like, Oh yeah, I get that. I don't know that, that right. it's, it's unconscious. If for example, my dad takes that as, as invalidating, I think he does, but I can see how for even myself, like just, okay, let's just focus on the now. Yeah. What I hit for him with that. And he said, he said the words, not me. Like when we hear, I wish we could do this more. What do you feel? Like yeah. what's the feeling when you hear that? And he was like, Oh, pressure obligation. Right. 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 And that's, that's not what we want. <laughs> you know, that doesn't feel good. But the, the spinning it with, with the thank you and, and appreciating for what it is, that's the true appreciation. That's, that's holding on to the thing that, that we really like. And that's, I think, validating it for him and for the other person. And right. it's, it's totally normal to be like, oh, man, I wish we could do more of this. If we can not push that to be pressure or obligation or right. any of that and just say, yeah, I wish we could too, because this is so wonderful right here, right now. Right. And I'm really glad we're doing this now. Right. Right. Being in the moment, because that's all we have. Right. And then you guys talked more about individuation and how our parents right. are usually the first people to teach us about values and morals. And then the rest of our environment, then we start to figure it out for ourselves. Right. We, at, right. we try it out. We see how it fits for us. We add in our own things. And I just, I liked how you guys, how you said that. And he even said, like, I'm, I'm understanding more of what adult emotion looks like. Right. right. Which was really cool. I know. I like that when you said that. I was like, oh, adult emotion. Okay. I mean, yeah, sure. Yes. Accurate. And also, yeah. I mean, I was trying to think like, wait, adult emotion. And then I was like, okay, I get it. M maybe responding instead of reacting or 
learning how to understand our emotions, but I did, I liked the adult emotion. I don't know if I would yeah. say he said that. child. No, I know it was interesting. No, he said, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but it's, it's more like that childlike reaction yeah. or my emotion is to, yeah. I'm looking for cues from other people and seeing that. And he's going, no, now I understand what it is because he's owning his own emotion and seeing it's right. okay to have them. Yep. And then he was saying, what does he do when someone else, or you guys talked about what to do when someone else isn't in the same place, right. As he is like, what do I do? And then you were talking about like, okay, well, like I'm ready. They're still getting dressed. And what <laughs> right. do you do with that? Right. And I, of course, my mind goes to the, in DBT, the states of mind is we need to know where, what our state of mind is, what someone else's state of mind is. Are we an emotional mind? Are we in reasonable mind, wise mind? You know, are the, is this person, are they anxious? Are they angry? Are they hungry? Are they, a, we have to know someone else's state of mind or, or, and our own sometimes to be able to communicate in a way with them where if we're in totally different places in whatever it is, whether it's getting dressed yeah. or long-term, you know, how do we handle that? Right. It was really cool. Cause it, around that, he kind of made the link back to seeing his parents in Arizona mm -hmm. and what that was like. And he kind of went right. And now I'm trying to slow myself down in, in these moments and I'm I can see the anxiety that comes. So I'm trying to, and that's where he brought in the, the breathing again. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like kind of take a, take a step back and maybe using your DBT language, trying to get into his wise mind again. Right. 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 Exactly. It was really cool. And even as he was just talking about this out loud, sometimes he'll throw a line out and I'll just let it go. This time I didn't, where he just kind of said, as our clients often do, does that make sense? Oh, I'm just rambling. You know, yeah. whatever that might yeah. be. I'm like, well, hang on a second. Yes, right. it makes sense because we're making sense of it. And right. rambling is what we do sometimes in therapy. You ramble and say all this until we can make sense of it. Then you can say it in a way that's a little more cohesive. Right. Yeah. And I, and you guys sort of ended on this thing. He talked about how he's not alone, not lonely, just solo. And in my mind, I was like, right. let right. me think about that. Uh, what do I, and for him, for whatever reason, the word solo is different than alone. And I don't know if alone for him has maybe a bit of a negative connotation, or I think what he was sort of saying is he can be by himself solo and still not feel lonely, something to that effect. But, you know, he was talking about like being okay you guys were talking about being okay as himself. Yeah, because a, a lot of, again, his self-worth was coming from other people. And he even said, like, he looking for people to tell me answers because I'm not confident. Right. He invalidates himself a lot. He even changed a, a but to an and in the session, which I thought was yeah. really cool. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and, and learning to validate himself and validate his own experiences. And a couple of times I kind of said, well, wait, hang on, let's stay with this. Or hang on, go deeper, go deeper right there. What What's that there? Yeah. You know, and he's, he's really kind of digging into it now in a way, feeling solo that he can do versus when he felt too alone or too lonely and couldn't tolerate those feelings. So needed some reassurance right away. So right now he's building up his tolerance for that. So he can reassure himself by being himself. Right. And that's what we're eventually getting to. And it's, 
so cool to say for him to say, I'm not alone. I'm not lonely. I'm just solo. Like it's yeah. cool. I'm not looking for someone else to, to be my missing piece. I'm not missing right. a piece. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just good. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, I might not be good, but I know I'm okay. I'm chilling. Right? I'm chilling. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I was like, yay, Drew. It was good stuff. Yeah. He's getting there. He's getting he there. Is. I don't know where it is, but he's getting there. <laughs> wherever, wherever it is. Yep. Yep. Wherever he wants to go, wherever y'all want to go. And that's, uh, we'll be here. We will always be here. We're here. I was almost going to start singing Richard Marks to you again. Nope. 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 You got cut last time. You can't do it. But I will be right here waiting for you. <laughs> Shut up. Wherever you go, <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever you do. Keep going. I will be right there waiting for you. <laughs> oh, oh, man. We're going to have like an entire blooper outtake of just freaking that song. I love that. I don't know why. I don't know why it keeps coming up. But he did. Richard Marks did have a fantastic mullet. Oh, God. I do remember that. Yeah. Maybe we'll put a link to that. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm very, I'm very warmed in my cockles by what's going on with Drew and how he's really feeling his own person and, and being that solo thing. Totally. It's, it's I love really when cool. my cockles are warm. That's right. Well, we will be back to warm your cockles next week. We and, sure will. Uh, until then, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the... St- no, no. That was Casey Kasem on the top 40. You remember that one? I do remember. Yeah. But in the meantime, just live your life. And take no shit. That's right. Well enunciated. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Maybe someday. Maybe someday.